My name is Elizabeth Lewis, and I'm the owner and CEO of Detroit Mom. As a teen mom, I know firsthand the feeling of isolation and the fears that come at different stages of motherhood. I spent half the time wondering where to find community and the other half dreaming of a way to create that community for myself and the women around me. No mother should experience change and challenges alone. I created this community and podcast to make sure women in my community are never alone. Welcome to the Unfiltered Mom Podcast. The intention of this podcast is to make sure you have a voice and your story is being heard. Hey friends, this episode was recorded before the COVID crisis and the opinions expressed do not represent the current climate of the country. Make sure you stay tuned for more current episodes. Welcome to the Unfiltered Mom Podcast. I'm your host, Elizabeth Lewis, owner of Detroit Mom. My co-hosts for today are Kimberly, Tiffany, Jasmine, and Kristen, who you'll meet in just a minute. But first, I want to tell you what we're going to be talking about, co-parenting and motherhood. I know we all have different situations, especially at this table here, whether it's a traditional marriage where you're co-parenting or single life and you're parenting solo or with your parents or whether you're melding relationships together and trying to parent together with two different sets of families, essentially, we are going to be going over that, kind of giving you an overview of what's working for us and where we come from. And hopefully one of you can relate to one of our journeys. So let's get started. Kristen, do you want to start with kind of what you're... Sure. So my name is Kristen, and I am in a pretty traditional (coughs) marriage. My husband and I, we got married. We started a family. We have two children now, and we're still going strong. So we are just a typical husband and wife, co-parenting, me parenting. (laughs) (laughs) So that's kind of our situation. We don't have any children from a previous marriages. Neither of us have previously been married. So we're both, it's, it's pretty, what do they call it? Like nuclear? Normal. Yeah. (laughs) It's very, what most people would say traditional or normal marriage. Very cleaver, I guess you could say. (laughs) It's how everyone envisions. Exactly. But it's not at the same time, you know, but yes. Yeah. Yeah. Hey there, this is Kimberly. So I was single when I adopted both of my children, and my kids were two and four when I got married. I lived overseas uh, for a year with my son. It was just my son and I, then came back and started the process for my daughter. And during that time, during her adoption process, is when I uh, started dating my now husband. So my kids were two and four. We got married. So I went from, you know, single mom in every sense of the word. There were, was no other, you know, caregiver whatsoever. And really that comes with like a lot of benefits and then some downfalls too. And so then moving into that married co-parenting life when I was everything, right? The disciplinary, the, the hugger, the kisser, the, you know, pep talk, the, the everything to kind of split up some of those roles. And especially with my daughter, when I brought her home from Ethiopia, like I said, I was already dating my husband and he has a mom. And (laughs) so for my husband and his mom, which is a very like big part of our lives, my daughter was like, their first, if you will, right? Because my son was already here. And so 
we kind of all started the journey and process with my daughter together. And that created a whole lot of uh, some challenges and then kind of moving into married life. So I'm excited to talk about this. (laughs) Hey, guys. So this is Tiffany here. I was a single mom for, I believe my daughter was about four and a half or five when I met my husband. And we got married when she was like nine. My husband has three children. So I have three bonus children. He was married before as well. And so it was a very interesting process for us, to say the least, because I was very independent. Actually, I really am still independent. (laughs) And it it takes a lot for me to kind of, hey, you're not doing this by yourself. You know, somebody else's opinion matters and, you know, their perspective counts. But it definitely was challenging for me. My daughter's father at the time was not very present in her life. He was there. She knew he existed. He would come around just enough that she knew he existed. So that presented some challenges, especially once we got married. And even to the point that my daughter was angry a little bit because she began to think it was the awareness moment. You know, when they go to school, they're like, oh, mom and dad, mom and dad. All these kids have my, where's my, why are they not together? And my daughter truly thought that my husband was the reason that her father didn't come around. So it's definitely been an interesting journey for us. My daughter is now 12 and she, we have a good balance now, thank God, even with my husband and my daughter's father, which is weird. I'm like, you guys have this weird bromance going on. I'm happy that it's there. I'm blessed that it's there, but it is kind of (laughs) weird, you know, but that's pretty much my current situation. Three bonus kids and two are birthed, one with my now husband and there has definitely been some interesting dynamics take place. Oh, I can only imagine. <laughs> right. Hi, guys. My name is Jasmine Patton. I'm the mother of one seven-year-old son. For me, my journey, my current situation, I am a single parent. It was by choice. I made a decision while I was in a relationship that it wasn't the right fit for me, and I, I wanted to make a change. And two weeks later, found out that I was expecting my son. So I started my journey very intentional, only co-parenting, just because I wanted to continue to uh, separate those lines. And throughout the process, made some big changes, decided to quit my job, had no second job lined up because I knew I wanted to work in a different career, moved in with my parents, created a multi-generational home, started a new career within two weeks of leaving a seven-year uh, role that I had. I just made a whole bunch of shifts that just led me to being very independent, like some of my co-hosts have indicated, being very headstrong in my decision making and being, like Kim was mentioning, the primary person that was kind of doing multiple roles at the same time in our household. My parents were very respectful of kind of Initially, how I wanted to do things with my son. My son's father is in his life. He has always known him. He sees him every other weekend, but that's four days out of 30 per month. So I am the primary influence with my parents who are adding to that as well. So we have a solid village. I have multiple people that are part of the decision making, but for the most part, I'm looked at as the person that kind of steers and gears how that works for my son. So in talking about 
this single motherhood journey and entering this conversation, I'm kind of bracing myself (laughs) (laughs) because I have some truths and some different things that I said I would do differently in 2020. And Mm. literally a week Mm. into 2020, (laughs) I'm sitting at a table with some lovely ladies to spill it all. So I love it. Yes. I guess I, I, for myself, I should probably (laughs) give you my background. Also, I have a 19-year-old. I had her when I was 17, so different father, not involved in her life. And she actually carries my last name, um, my maiden last name. Met my husband. My daughter was five, five and a half. Got married when she was seven or eight. I'm trying to remember. Maybe it was nine. It's so weird. You just don't. It was so long ago that you don't think about it. She's like 19 years old. And we have three kids together, my husband and I, and then it's actually, I'm really grateful for my situation because I don't deal with another parent. So I don't have to deal with Lauren's dad and I didn't have to deal with him while I was raising her. So I can't imagine what it would be like as a single mom to have to co-parent with somebody, especially like the every other weekend. I'd be like, Mm -hmm. it would be hard for me because I would be the primary caregiver and I'm like, hey, we did this together. Like, we made the decision to <laughs> fornicate. <laughs> and, <laughs> and here we are, like I'm the one that's taking everything over. So I don't know how, how I would feel in that situation. But obviously, my husband and I parent very differently because we were raised very differently. So co-parenting is a very difficult mm-hmm. at times, at times. And I think mothers... Mm-hmm. insert themselves a little bit on how you should be raising your child. Yes. Uh, mother, mother-in-laws mother for my situation. All right. So <laughs> we, we wanted to give you our stories or backgrounds in hopes that, like I said, you can relate to one of us in the sense that maybe something in here from somebody else. So say you're in the single phase. I'm obviously out of the single phase. I can give my point of view and where we're at today and where I had to take a step back in order to successfully co-parent. And I see a therapist to successfully co-parent because of the expectations, unrealistic expectations I had of my mm-hmm. husband and how we should co-parent together and what that would look like because my parents were not good co-parenters and my parents were not around. And so I was like, oh, I want things to be this way and they should be this way. And this is what a normal family looks like. And this is how people should parent their kids together. And I'm a firm believer and we should be doing it together because my parents didn't. And so I think I struggle with that as like, well, what don't you understand about doing this? Or why don't you know when library day is? Or why, Mm -hmm. you know, I feel you should be taking it upon yourself to know those things. Mm -hmm. Like it's not my responsibility to tell you when library day is when we both get the email, Mm -hmm. you know. So kind of along those lines. So with that, from the let's start from kind of the single mom stage here Mm -hmm. is – so we're going to we're going to throw the mic back at Jasmine as she starts into this new year kind of what are your fears so as a single mom you you have help with your parents yep around you which mm-hmm. is amazing how do you feel towards your your son's father in the sense that he is only a parent essentially mm-hmm. yeah. for like you said 4 days out of 30 yeah so I am curious about that because, like, for me, my my daughter's father was not involved. Uh-huh. And so that portion I didn't have to deal with. Yeah. So uh, 
Oh, gosh. I don't even know where to start, guys. So be patient with this process for me. So there's so much that I can, I guess, say about the topic. But I think the most important things that I would want to convey to anyone that's in a co-parenting situation and kind of the self-reflection that I had to do is it was a process. So first of all, we weren't together for a reason. And I kind of acknowledged certain things that came with my package and certain things that came with his package and what would be missing in order for us to make it work long term. So I kind of took that same mindset into the parenting journey that I knew we would have together. And by nature, I'm a strategist. Like I just, that's just how my mind works. So for me, I did like this process that was like, okay, there's just certain things that he's just not going to do naturally. And certain things that he was not exposed to by the way that he was brought up. And we come from really different backgrounds. And I knew it was really important for me to expose my child to the parts of my background that I thought helped me to be a better person. So in that observation, I made a very conscious decision that I still wanted my son to have a two-parent household exposure And then I would move back home. And by doing so, he would see my mother and father. Their relationship is not perfect by any means, but he would have access to what I couldn't give him. And through that process, I felt guilty. But at the same time, I felt really blessed that I had an alternative. So although there are certainly lists of things that I can say um, for my son's father of what I would have wished and could have hoped and how it would have been more ideal in the beginning of our journey. I was just really intentional of using what I had and moving forward with trying to create the best environment that I could with the tools that I had and not bashing him for what he didn't bring to the table. Because honestly, I had gotten to this place that I was going to move forward regardless. And I, I felt like he needed to know he was supported too. And not constantly picked apart for whatever he wasn't doing. So there were some conversations that happened within my family and just my parents and him and I that just some of them I was a part of and some of them I wasn't. And it just organically grew into an environment where it became known that my parents would be an extension of our village and that my son would be okay. And whatever I couldn't naturally provide to him he would get that exposure from different people within the village. So I trusted that process and really prayed about whether or not it all would be right or okay. And just kind of really held on tight in the beginning and probably was overly, you know, trying to manage and having everybody play in a position as an extension of me. And I saw who that worked for and primarily for the men in my family, it didn't work at all. They needed freedom in order to spend time with, help raise a young African-American male without me having so much input all the time. So I kind of gave parameters and really emphasized the things that were important to me and then pulled back. So for me, with his father, I just wanted my son to have access to a relationship. And then I kind of released whatever that relationship was going to be for them. So I made sure that I was consistent with the schedule. 
we had conversations that were kind of consistent timings for drop-offs. If I felt like there was something that needed to be discussed that maybe he wouldn't receive from me, I would have my father talk to him one-on-one. Like, oh my gosh, what did I do wrong? And like taking that all in and just shift it for me to me saying like, you're okay. You're blessed. You have a family. I know you're upset. You can't stay here, but I hear you. And you should talk to your dad when you see him, you know, this weekend about it. Like, I really just trying to push... Like, if that's something that you're feeling about your father, mm-hmm. talk to your father. Like, tell me yes, but I don't own it. It's like, it's my responsibility to fix it because of how you're feeling about your father not living in the same home. Yeah. And I think what you were saying, I firmly, not firmly, I don't think most moms feel like you do when they're coming from the single aspect of things. I don't know how you felt But as a single mom, I didn't feel, I don't know, it's more, and I didn't, I didn't necessarily have a ton of help. So maybe it would have been different if I would have had my parents, but I was like, we can do this, we can do this without him. Like, we Mm -hmm. don't need him to, you know, my daughter doesn't need him to be a a good person, you know, good person or I don't know. It was just so different, but I see a lot of friends that are, have, are single or acquaintances and there's just this, like, you you tend to have a more positive attitude, mm-hmm. whereas I think there's this very bitter aspect to single parenting, which it's not like that for everybody, right? Yeah. A, it's I, a choice for a lot of people. It mm-hmm. is. It's a choice, but it's also a choice. Like, it's a choice for the village to show up. <coughs> it's a choice for his father to be consistent with the weekends that he has. It's a choice for my son to speak up and have his own relationship with his dad. Like, everyone has to, you know, make some sort of decision in that process. It was a choice for me to move back home, you know, to create that environment. And honestly, I, if I had not made the decision to move back home, I probably would have been bitter mm-hmm. if I would have been living on my own and having to go through what I needed to. And he the only financial had struggles. Him. Yes. It. So there is extensions of that. But I buffered some of those things intentionally because to be honest, not because I'm superwoman, but because I didn't think I could handle it doing the traditional single mom way. Yeah. I needed something different. So I just created something different. And then I had people who were willing to be a part of that. Mm -hmm. So I think those are all different things. It's not like I got all the answers and Mm -hmm. no, it really, I would have probably, if I had all the financial burden, all the mental stress, solely doing pickups and drop offs, I surely would probably be at this table having a whole different story. But the way that I think is part of how it was raised that we do things together. Mm -hmm. We figure things out together. So naturally, when I needed help, I went back to what I knew. And then I created what I thought I needed and hoped it would work out. And I was blessed enough to have people. And honestly, now that I think about my mindset, if it wasn't particularly my traditional family, I probably would have put other people in those slots. Created it yourself. To create it myself. Mm-hmm. But I think there are so many people, myself, I didn't have a support system. Yeah. I was so young and I was trying to go to school and do all these things that I didn't have that ability. I didn't have the option to move back in with my parents. And mm-hmm. if I wanted more for myself and for my daughter from the small town we come from, I had to do it on my own. Mm-hmm. But see, that's the self-reflective part. I was older. I yeah. was 28, 29. If I was your age, I wouldn't have probably had the self-reflective insight 
to even know or have maturity to say, okay, how can I do this different? It's all like people sometimes think because you're a single mom, it's all encompassing and it's not. Like Mm -hmm. if I was a teenager versus early 20s, I wouldn't have had that same type of I was almost 30 yeah you know so you're 30 having your first child makes a difference. there's a different maturity well, and you've lived things. part of your life exactly and you're like you've so seen like you said you yeah. exactly and obviously Tiff yours is different and <laughs> and Kim yours was a choice so mm-hmm. with you know, me this is Tiffany here with me interesting enough and a lot of people don't know this in so when I was 19 I actually had a stillborn And so that left me in the space that for many, many years, I wanted a baby, you know. So with my 12-year-old daughter, though her father and I were in a relationship, if you will, and I do the air quotation marks because it was a little sketchy, (laughs) but hey, she was not an accident. She was planned. And so a big part of my frustration with her father when he didn't show up the way I thought he should was, hey, I'm not some random person. We've known each other for five years before this. This wasn't a oops. This was a conversation that we had. This was something that we planned, you know, because and if I'm looking back, was I pushing it? Absolutely. I had this I want a baby thing so bad, you know, and so Once she got here, and he's three years younger than me, and that plays a big part. I had her when I was 29, right before I turned 30, and he's three years younger than me. So he still was, you know, in his mid-20s. I can remember times when, you know, I was at my parents' house, and, you know, he used to have a motorcycle, and he would keep in my parents' garage. And you hear him come through the garage, turn on his motorcycle to warm it up, and then you want to come in the house. I just nursed her. She's finally sleeping. I have a moment. And you want to wake her up because now you got the five minutes you want to share with her and then you want to be gone. And it's like, no, don't touch her. So this began a riff between Mm -hmm. us Mm -hmm. because he's like, you just don't want me near my daughter. And it's like, no, it's not that. But you have to understand the dynamic that I'm living once you leave after those five minutes. And so that just kind of built this bridge of anger and frustration between us for many years. And so he was not the father that I expected him to be. And because of that, like you were saying, when, you know, your son's going to school and now you're starting, these kids are starting to see like, oh, well, why do they have two parents at home? Why don't I have that? That's the same thing that began to happen with my daughter. And that happened with her at the same time that my now husband was coming into the picture. Initially, she was drawn to my husband, you know, because it was in the summer before school started. She was filling a void. Like she was filling she the void. That exactly. Father figure. So then once she got to school and she's like, wait, he's not my dad. And, you know, and so then she changed and looked at my now husband as the problem. You're the reason my dad is not here. You're the reason my dad doesn't come around. You're the reason, you know, and that left us in a very precarious situation Mm. because it's like, you know, my husband's like, oh, you 
you coddle her, you spoil her, you know, all these other things. And then I have, you know, the mental health issues with my daughter at that time to factor in. And then, you know, I'm looking at her dad like, where the hell are you at? Why are you not showing up? You wanted her just as much, you know. And so it was a really hard situation for me. Thank God for my parents. My parents, we literally lived 30 seconds apart. So they were a great help. But it was so hard because I had certain expectations and boundaries that I had for my daughter. And there were things that her father was not rising to the occasion for. So I would, you know, shut it down. Like, no, you're not going to come pick her up and ride in the car with your music blaring. She's four years old. You're listening to music that is inappropriate for her to hear. And you ride her around just so you can go talk and hang out with your friends. And she's sitting in the back seat and you're spending no time. I'm not going to allow that. So I I could go on and on and on. But that single mom season was interesting for me. Well, and you, like you said, you were older too. And I think that's the thing. I don't know how your parents were when you were growing up, like you obviously had a great upbringing, not saying your parents were perfect, Mm -hmm, right? but my parents' relationship was very like, they loved, hated each other. Mm -hmm. Very like, like when they got remarried for the second time, I was like, oh my gosh, like why, (laughs) why are you doing this to us? And I was in my thirties. I, when my mom told me, I just sat back and I was like, you're joking, right? Because Mm -hmm. I remember growing up like that. And it's so interesting as my daughter's 19, she literally can sit back and be like, oh, my gosh, mom, when my parents were alive, Mimi and Papa were fighting so bad in the car, just <laughs> like when you were growing up, right? And I was like, oh, yes, like nothing has changed. <laughs> so when I would be sitting in the back seat, I'd be like, what were they thinking? Like, why, why would they ever get remarried again? They know they cannot stand each other half the time. But then the next thing, they're lo- they love each other. I'm like, <laughs> oh, my gosh. And I just remember this. The situation, and this is how I grew up, mm-hmm. seeing relationships. So my first relationship with this, <laughs> was with a man that I thought I had to f- – that I always wanted fixers. Yep. So obviously yep. I wanted to fix Hello. situations. My first thought, my child's husband – or my child's husband. My daughter's father, father needed so much fixing that mm-hmm. there was nothing to be fixed. <laughs> like it was one of those situations where it was un- – fixable and it became so much more of a problem mm-hmm. insert yourself insert myself here with my husband who's not does not need to be fixed completely different situation but i don't single oh my gosh i just i was a young woman as a single mother yeah a mm-hmm. young woman as i see my 19 year old we talked about this early my 19 year old who is in florida for nine days living up that good life with her boyfriend and their family when i couldn't even have fathomed vacationing because I was eating ramen noodles trying to keep a two-year-old alive while I worked two jobs and, you know, went to school to try to make something of myself because I'm like, if I'm going to be a single mom, I got to become something. I got to be something great and I got to be this for my daughter. Whereas I think it's a little different in a traditional marriage like Mm -hmm. Kristen's is she had the ability, you went to school, you did all this stuff, you then you then you get married and you don't have to worry about the necessarily your co-parenting is totally different right from i mean it is and it isn't i my husband and i grew up so different my husband grew up in a nuclear family his parents are still together he is one of two children and i grew up in a very blended 
family. I grew up a lot like Jasmine's daughter. My dad was around just enough for me to know that he existed. And then, except my stepdad was a little bit different in the sense where he didn't want to step on my dad's toes. So Mm. I almost had no father figure in my life. And I've noticed that my mom, as a kid, when it came to me, her first child, who was from her first marriage, and all of my other siblings are different. I'm weirdly an only child. Like, I have no fully blood-related sibling. But then I have four siblings, so it's weird. (laughs) But I think when it comes to parenting, we approach it so differently. And I watched my mother, when it came to me, all the responsibility of me was completely on her. And I tend to do this thing where when we had children, my husband was totally on board. And if we had more kids, he'd totally be on board. But it was definitely my thing. Like, he would have been fine if I was like, I don't know when I have kids ever. And he'd be like, that's cool. You know, so there's a part of me sometimes that feels like I brought this into our lives. So I have to take ownership of all of it. Oh, wow. Yeah. You know, and so and a lot of that I've noticed through seeing my therapist (laughs) that that has a lot to do with the fact that I had one parent initially growing up. It's what you saw. It's what I saw. So I tend to take on the full spectrum of parenting as if I am the general manager of this house and my husband is an employee of mine. Oh my, that is such a good good way to look at it. Yeah. And so I, it's, it's definite, it's, we might be a nuclear family or what people would consider traditional and normal, but it's very much our outside the way we were raised and how we bring that into our parenting to the table is completely different. And my husband also, like, he's 100% Italian with immigrant parents. Like, his perspective on parenting is different, too. Like, his mom handled all of the parenting, and his dad was just kind of there to handle stuff when, you know... Mow the lawn. Yeah, mow the lawn. Take the trash out. Take, pull the weeds. Yeah, take the boys to baseball and hockey. And, you know, if they really messed up with something, then he was there for the disciplinarian. But the majority of the parenting went to his mother. So there is this weird dynamic in our house where I I, I assume it all. Mm-hmm. So it's, you know, it's funny because sometimes – and this is going to be a very unpopular opinion, but I envy the single moms sometimes. Like there are times where I look in my situation and I'm like, God, it would be so much easier if I could just do this on like, my own. You're not wrong. Yeah. If you didn't have to you're rely on somebody else, like you were making yeah. your own decisions and, mm-hmm. you know, it's and I think there's different spectrums too. like here you are. Right. Mm-hmm. And then. There's the single parents that their kids go away for the weekend. Yes. Mm-hmm. And you're like, oh, I that mean, sounds amazing. But here I'm over here. <laughs> I'm like, I'm not sharing my kids with anyone. I was like, that's the let's thing. I'll make it work. Though, I have to say, I, would I think that I'm able to wrap my head more around self-reflection and my mental health because he leaves. Yeah. And but- I have friends that have husbands in the house and I feel like they never yeah. get the break. <laughs> So they're always overwhelmed and it's a perpetual cycle. So yes. I honestly, it's, I think that's a blessing in some regard 
to know that your child has a regular routine to go somewhere where you feel they where they feel you feel like they're going to be safe mm-hmm. and you can trust and you don't have to pay for it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That oh gosh. That's oh good. gosh, that's a yeah. good one. Um Kim. Kim. Oh, yes. Wow. Yeah. Winner winner, chicken dinner. <laughs> um, so Jasmine, I just want to say there have been times where I've kidded with my kidded, is that a word? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> joked around <laughs> with my husband that we should get a divorce <laughs> so that we can split responsibilities fifty fifty. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> because I mean, it sounds really nice. Okay, I totally say that. <laughs> I joking. I'm laughing here, but I mean, I have made that comment. Yeah, single, I'm like, I'd love to be a single parent. <laughs> well, so yeah, so I was in my late 20s when I decided I wanted to be a mom, and I was single, and so I did two international adoptions while I was single. I mean, it was 100% intentional. It was 100% me by myself by choice, right? And so I think you come at that from a different perspective, right? Because it's your choice. Yeah. Didn't have, and I'm not even going to get into my, you know, family dynamics growing up, but did not have a plethora of support from my family. And I I knew that I was going into it on my own. And I was great with that, right? Because it was intentional and it was my choice. And so when I said, Kristen, you're not wrong, when I was single, I, don't get me wrong, guys. I mean, I had a financially tend to everything, not to mention international adoptions are expensive. Mm -hmm. And I lived abroad, right? I had my own business. I was responsible for it all. I was responsible. My children didn't go to daycare. I had them with me all the time. Again, my choice. These were all active choices that I made. And so I made all the decisions. And it was tiring for sure. It was exhausting. I mean, I remember sometimes, actually one time I did call someone, I'm not going to mention who, and say, you know, I would just love an hour just for a coffee and maybe to go to the bookstore, like one hour. And her response to me was, this was your choice. (gasps) Oh, wow. Right? And so it's like, okay, noted. So guess what? Bedtimes were literally 7 p.m. every single night. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Because I needed to create that sanity for myself, and it worked out really well. But you know what? Then entering into this marriage and relationship, gosh, I I feel like that was the biggest struggle Mm -hmm. on my mothering journey. I am terrified. I had a yeah, mm-hmm. I had to figure it all out where before I could easily be the disciplinary and my children still came to me because I was also the nurturer. Yep. So I would also kiss and hug and and make it all better and all was right in the world. Well, guess what? Now you have this other person where I'm still the disciplinary, right? Mm-hmm. But you've got someone else now giving the kisses and the hugs. Mm-hmm. And so guess who was bypassed in their very own home? Mm-hmm. Me. By my very own children. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. And that did not work. That did not work for me, right? And so it was um, It was a conversation. It was multiple conversations. Mm-hmm. It was conversations over years consistently that, you know, what the needs were, what was acceptable, what wasn't acceptable. And if you're going to give the kisses and hugs, guess what? You've got to give the timeouts too. Exactly. And I remember the first time my husband actually gave uh, my daughter a timeout and Oh, she's a little pistol, guys. She was on the stairs and she was, you know, double fisted and screaming and veins popping out of her forehead and her neck. And my husband walked into the kitchen and he's like, you did this. She doesn't like me. And it's like, no, you're a great. (laughs) Welcome. 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 This is give it it five minutes and I will let you go give the kisses and hugs. Right. Right? I'm not going to come in and swoop that away from you. You know, because that's important. It's important. So I will say for the first few years of the marriage, when he would travel for work, you guys, I snapped back into that single Mm -hmm. parenting role so hard and so easily. Like, 
it was really great. And that was my comfort zone. Again, it was my choice. Um, I don't think we've got time to talk about the mother-in-law aspect. Um, oh, my gosh. I'm so, like, we need a part we're gonna two. We're going to do it. We're doing part two. I am sitting here like, him. I want to know, like, I know. you made all these choices. And yeah. I am yes. terrified of having a partner join my motherhood journey. Like, that is something. Yeah. Not, I won't say terrified, but I have a fear. And I love to hear more from women who are married and had to go through that transition. And, and just still talk go about through that it, fear. right? Like, I feel like it's evolving. Kristen, something that you said you felt like you took the lead mm-hmm. on becoming the parent. And so, yeah. like, this is your responsibility. Well, guess what? Who really took the lead on <laughs> building my family? So don't think I haven't battled with that. Yeah. And it wasn't until one time and a lot of self-work that it was like, yes, clearly I intentionally built the family. I added these two children to the family. But he also actively chose me and chose the children. Knowing the situation. Yes. Knowing the situation. And so it's kind of once I had that clarity – that would allow me to move forward. And if, if there's any one tip in a situation like this or something that you're going to walk into someday, Jasmine, yeah. or even you, Tiffany, even you, Tiffany, with your blended family, family meetings. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Family meetings, they make such a difference. They make all the difference because then it's not you and your partner against the children. It's not you and the children against the partner. It is, hey, guys, this is all out on the table right now, and we're going to mm-hmm. talk about some of these things together and get through it. The good, the bad, the ugly. No, so, I love that. And it's good. something you wrote a great post on Detroit Mom. We'll have to share. But so basically, you guys have heard where all of us have started, kind of where we're <laughs> at right now. And how we want to continue this in a part two is what it is like currently in our current situations, co-parenting, the expectations we set on our spouses mm-hmm. without telling, telling them. them. <laughs> What expectations we have of them and then becoming very upset with them because we didn't have the conversation prior. Even, you know, like I, I've said before, like my husband and I are not talking right now. I'm sitting here like, I just want to go home and give him a, a hug like <laughs> and, uh, and just say like, I don't want to at any point parent by myself. <laughs> and so right now what I'm noticing because we're not getting along is we're doing the same things differently and then duplicating things and things are, you know, because we're not communicating. And I think there's so many things like living with your parents. I I think that is probably one of the, I lived with my mom while I was going to college for a short, but after my parents divorced, Mm -hmm. it was probably the hardest thing for me moving back with my mom under her rules because she still felt I was child. And so, you know, there's things I I want, I want to kind of help those people because there are, I know there are single people raising children, living with their parents. Mm-hmm. And it's a choice they make, whether it's, or sometimes it's not a choice. You're mm-hmm. kind of thrown into it. Like you are, you have a great situation, a very supportive family, whereas there are so many single women that do not have that. And I think it's important, like you have fears, you know, to talk about those fears. You know, even talking about blending families, the expectations for that, how your kids feel. So going into a part two with this is, you know, I can tell you how my 19-year-old felt with my husband coming in, um, it wasn't bad because for 12 years it was just her mm-hmm. before we had more children. And, um, you know, with your situation, you have now have bonus children. Mm-hmm. And how to blend a child that you have with your husband, children that he has, mm-hmm. and a child that you had previously. Mm-hmm. Blend those together and parent with other people. Mm-hmm. And have the you emotional know, intelligence. Yeah. 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 And, and you have to 
character. Yeah, a, a, a brand new child with all of your emotions and mm-hmm. your, you know, you're you're yes. still trying to figure it out. You know, with the traditional household, you taking it all on. Like I think, Kristen, there's so much to be said there because you've never, you haven't been on the single side. When, where it's interesting, we can all sit here, the the other four of us, and say we've raised children solely by ourselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I think there's a misconception too that while I'm doing it, then then normal way that it's amazing and easy. yeah that it's easy it's yeah. amazing and i have all this help <coughs> yeah and i couldn't be further from the truth and that's the thing is so we <laughs> will dive into this can we talk um, about dating part two, two? yes oh my gosh like dating, like, what it was like to date after. Yeah. yeah okay so we will dive into this in part two um so make sure you listen along um obviously we all have different journeys which makes us a really di- great and dynamic group of women um, do not forget to subscribe to our channel because obviously there's so much awesomeness happening over here. Make sure to rate and review us. And thank you for following along.